Your Victory 91.5. Good morning. Hope you have been enjoying this special edition of Study Your Spouse Thursday as Ray Haynes is in here teaching on Pentecost, renewing our vows, and, and getting into a lot of the nuances that absolutely should not divide. Yes. Absolutely should not divide. There, there, there are things that should divide. <laughs> there, there are things that we absolutely do believe. Uh, but these, these would not be the spine issues. These would be... The rib issues. The rib issues. Yeah. Thank you very much. And we are now at part nine. We are. We're two perspectives, part two, because that last one was a little long. I didn't want to uh, jump in this one. Uh, the first group are those that would say the baptism of the Holy Spirit does not require that you speak in tongues. And I would, I would disagree with that particular group based on what I, what I shared, which is you can encounter the Holy Spirit in lots of different ways. You don't have to pitch and hold to him in the baptism. But on the same vein, you don't have to say, I'm less of a Christian. So you also don't have to say, it, it doesn't have to start an argument. You're encountering God. It's the same God. If you're encountering the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, same God. And so the baptism is something very unique. It's very special. It's something on, when we talk about Pentecost, this is something he did in time to encounter us and wants us to encounter him. So it doesn't matter if, if you encounter him with the baptism, but then don't encounter him after that elsewhere. Are you in better or worse shape than the one who encountered him over here? I would argue you're in worse shape because you've 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 not continued. And as Leanna and I were just discussing, you know, when you're talking about these refillings, and you can't get baptized in the Holy Spirit more than one time, but you can get refilled, you can get refreshed. And my example would be when you go to the ocean, you step in and you're hit by the first wave. And you could run out, and, and that'd be it. Or you can stand there and let and let the waves hit you over and over and over and encounter. And that's what God wants our relationship with Him to be like. It's a it's a fresh infilling, and and we'll share some of those many experiences with you. Um, and granted, every one of us is going to be a little bit different. There is just there is it's it's worthy to have this conversation when we talk about the baptism because this isn't something anybody made up. This is God's deal. And if he says, this is what this looks like, that's what he means. Mm-hmm. It's not limiting you, but he's just saying, this is what this looks like. So if you read Acts chapter one, Jesus is with them, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father. And he said, I've baptized you with water and you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So you get to Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were, which is to say, not the night, but now the daytime. They were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came the sound from heaven, the rushing wind, and filled the house. There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire sound in each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right, so that's first point. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit occurred, the very first time on the earth, technically the second, but the first time it occurred, it was with the speaking of tongues. The first time would have been at Mount Sinai when he delivered the the law to them in the hearing of the ears in their own languages, mm-hmm. but it was one God speaking. So that technically would have been the intro or first. So just for clarification, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, uh, this in Acts chapter 2, if you continue, it's about them speaking and hearing all in the same language. You're talking about that 
in reference to tongues, not a private prayer language. No, this this is the private prayer language. This particular one in Acts chapter 2 is your private prayer language. It's not the declarative tongue, which you may or may not ever get. That's, that is a gift that some get. This particular baptism of the Holy Spirit is when... When, uh, and it, it continues and it says, they were are they not all who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? In other words, each suppose the three of us, um, my tongue may be uh, Spanish and yours Mandarin. And the, the only really significant part is we don't speak that language. Right. If you take a person who speaks in tongues, uh, put two people, one person here speaking in their native language, let's say English, and you and you monitor their brain, you'll watch their, their language center activate because mm-hmm. they're speaking in their language. Mm-hmm. Same next person, you monitor their brain and they're speaking in tongues, their language center will not activate because they're not speaking the language that they know. Okay. So that's a scientific kind of way of looking at it. So it's something that the Holy Spirit is coming through and praying. Uh, it is Him praying, so it, it, deal, it doesn't deal with your language. You can ask Him for interpretation, but it's still an interpretation, not a translation. So it's still a tongue that you don't speak. It's not your language. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right, so Acts 10, when Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, this is long after, Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So that was their evidence. That was the proof that they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit because they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So that would be, you know, a good while later, so this, for the first time, was on Gentiles. So not just Jews anymore. Now the Gentiles are speaking in tongues, and they were flabbergasted that this happened in Acts chapter 10. So you go a little bit further now, Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, arrived at Ephesus, found that some disciples asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. Mm -hmm. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, which I would assume in that case would have been water baptism. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. All right, so in each one of those cases, those are your proof texts for, um, and you can argue anything in the world, but again, I would always just say if if Scripture is going to trump the best argument in the world, and in each one of those cases, that was the occurrence mm-hmm. where the baptism of the Holy Spirit was the unique speaking in tongues, a personal prayer language that that person mm-hmm. had. The, the, the gift doesn't go away. In other words, you may have an encounter with God, but then that thing goes away. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes and you receive that language, in that sense, you don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but you also never lose it. It's not yours. You, In one sense, you can start and stop because you're the one praying, but it's not your language. So it's a little confusing to try to explain that. But nonetheless, this is that thing. So the experience was different for me than it was for Kelly and then it was for Corey. Mine was a year after I was saved. So it was a definite separation and I could was walking in ministry. So I can tell you, uh, for me, when... Uh, I just prayed for more Jesus, and when the Holy Spirit came on me and I began to pray in tongues, I'd never heard anything like that, so I was just blown away, and for 
And, you know, 36 years ago, for Kelly, you know, I remember she was in part of the uh, one of the leaders in the youth group and prayed for her over and over and over uh, in this long, you know, people right beside her, we baptize in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, nothing for her. And she's driving her crazy. And so finally, eventually at home, and she's just crying out to God, and the Holy Spirit comes down, and she's baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so it wasn't with the laying on of hands. It was afterwards when God just did some things in her heart. For Corey, it was on Pentecost Sunday when she was 11 or 12. So, and she went to the forward in the church. They laid hands on her, and she began speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. And that to her, when I asked her sometime later, she said, you know, I know I can hear God now. Mm -hmm. So it changed something very profoundly in her. So... I would, I would just say this, that this is something that it's his. It's about him. It's not you. That's why I can't make you a better or worse Christian because it has nothing to do with you. It's, it's him. Uh, so if it's his promise, do what he said. Wait for the promise, no matter how long it takes. No matter what, what others experience, don't assume God will do things the same way with you that he did with them because my experience has been <laughs> he does it all different every time. So worship him constantly. None of this is bad advice. Just has to be filled over and over and over. And if one of those times is the baptism, you win. If not, you're, you're filled. You win. So it's not like you're going to lose. So when opportunities arrive for the laying on of hands, have faith and just see what happens. You know, mm -hmm. um, nobody has some magic touch or anything. But the point is, you want to be you're going to be full each time, but that you're not going to stay full. That unfortunately is a problem. We all have a leak. And so you're always wanting to pursue God again and again and again because you want to be refilled. And I've had, we'll talk about this this next break, is many encounters with God meant many, many, many infillings. And I am so glad that some that I didn't end up with some theology that said, well, you get the baptism and you're good. Because clearly there's been lots of bad in my life through the years. And it was the Holy Spirit who uh, in almost every situation pulled me out of that. Ray Haynes is teaching on Pentecost this morning on a special uh, Study Your Spouse Thursday at Risenstein. If you want all this, you can go to blog.victory915.com or Risenstein or Victory Facebook pages. And if you notice that the fourth segment sounded eerily similar to the fifth segment, I do believe that has been fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Your radio station.